You love us. You want what's best for us. God, would you please help us to hear from you now as we look into your word. And God, we pray that that we would not just see this as an exercise in learning things, but that we would look at this as the continual sacrifice of our lives to you, of us offering our hearts before you, that you would continue to do your wonderful work to change us and make us more like your Son, Jesus Christ. In whose name we pray. Amen. My clicker's not working yet here for some reason. So, yeah, okay, well, we'll give them a second. They're usually right on top of things here, so I'm guessing this will be taken care of. Right, we'll try it now. There it is. Okay, so we are doing a sermon series here where we're uh, looking at the book of Proverbs. Now, we're not walking straight through the book of Proverbs. Instead, we're kind of taking a thematic look at it. Overall, the book of Proverbs is about wisdom. I would say that's the main theme, that that God is the all-wise one and he gives wisdom to us. And one of the ways that the book of Proverbs talks about wisdom is that it uses the parts of our body almost like analogies. So as you read throughout Proverbs, you see the heart, you see the hands, you see the feet, you see the lips, you see the ears. So we're going to walk through the book of Proverbs by looking at those body parts and seeing what we can learn about wisdom. Now, I want to encourage you, we'll be in this sermon series for about another two months, I want to encourage you to read through the book of Proverbs on your own. I want you to pick out some of your favorite verses, and if you want to send them to me, you can. A few of you have already done that, and I intend to incorporate some of those into my sermons as well. Uh, But I want you to get to know the book of Proverbs. I want you to hear wisdom from God. I I want all of our hearts to be changed as we meet with God and hear his word. Today, the specific body part that we're going to look at is the heart. The heart. Last week, we looked at wisdom. Uh, We kind of talked about how God gave us brains so we can learn wisdom. Today, we're going to look at our heart. Now, in verse 7 of our passage today, it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. In the first six verses of our passage, we see the heart mentioned three times. And then in this verse 7, it talks about this idea of There's two paths. Oftentimes in the Bible we see this idea of two paths. So one path would be the path where we would be wise in our own eyes. We would just pick what we want. The other path is that we would fear the Lord. And last week we looked at those famous verses that say that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I want you to think about that. We're going to come back to that a lot, this idea of two paths. So let's talk about wisdom and our hearts. And let's talk about first the wrong path. And let's talk about in regard to that How how does the world view our heart? I want you to think about your answer. If the world is going to talk about our heart, what would they say? Now, I'm a child of the 80s, so one of the first things that I thought of was, anybody remember the band Roxette? Anybody want to, all right, we got a few. Anybody want to come up on stage and sing it? Listen to your heart. Anybody remember that fame? It has like over 200 million views on YouTube, so it's not just me. Um, <laughs> listen to your heart. So the, the, the point of that song, I, I gather, is that they're telling this, this young woman who's maybe about to leave her boyfriend, they, they say, listen to your heart before you tell him goodbye. As if all you have to do is look inside your heart and find the answer. Or um, someday maybe I should do a whole sermon on Disney theology. But here's a song from Disney and from Kenny Loggins. He said, follow your heart and know that you can't go wrong. Isn't that great? Wouldn't that, I mean, (laughs) no. Uh, 
Or there's another one. He doesn't use the word heart anywhere in this song, but we'll, we'll go back a little bit before my generation uh, to Frank Sinatra. He sent his famous song, I Did It My Way. He is so proud to let everybody know that he did things his way. He says, yeah, I took my blows along the way, but I'm proud to say I did it my way. And in that song, he, he upholds this idea of just doing what you want and saying what you want to say. So listen to your heart. Follow your heart. You can't go wrong. I did it my way. Is any of that wisdom? No. Decidedly not. When we're faced with decisions in life, please know that our heart will often lead us in the wrong direction. Listen to what the Bible says, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, about our heart. Jeremiah 17.9 in the Old says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Should we listen to that? Or Jesus says in Matthew 15:19, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Follow your heart and you can't go wrong? Does that line up at all with what Jesus has said there? Again, I go back to verse 7 of our passage today. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. There are two different ways we could go in life. There is God's way and there is any other way. And any other way would be the wrong way. So let's not be those people who demand to do it my way. On the Desiring God website, I found an article that said this. Don't believe in your heart. Direct your heart to believe in God. Isn't that better? It's pretty similar to my big idea for today. Our hearts are to trust in God's ways, not in our own ways. The world tells us that our heart is like a compass that will unfailingly lead us home. That's not the picture the Bible gives because our hearts are often tempted to go in the wrong direction. Our hearts are often selfish. Our hearts all too often don't have God's ways in view. We need to submit our hearts to God and learn his ways. Now, maybe we should pause here for a moment and ask the question, what is our heart? The book of Proverbs doesn't have a definition of what our heart is kind of assumes that we would know, and I think we can piece it together. Our heart is basically the command center of our lives. It's kind of like the cockpit. Our heart is, yes, the place where we feel emotions, but that's not all that our heart is. I think that our our world today would, would try to tell us that our heart is just the place where we feel emotions, but the Bible says it's more than that. It, it is the place where we feel emotions, but it's also the place from which we make our decisions. It's, again, the command center or the cockpit. It's the seat of our will. And as I've shown you in some Bible verses already, we are not simply to trust in whatever our heart tells us because our heart can easily lead us in the wrong direction. It has been corrupted by sin, but that is not the full story. Now, I I don't want you to hear those two verses that I shared in the Old and the New Testament about our hearts and say, well, my heart is only awful because there's something wonderful that God does in us when we receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. I want to show you now two verses from the Old Testament and one in the New Testament about the change that God makes in us. In Ezekiel 36, 26, he says, I will give you a uh, a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So that's part of God's desire for us is to give us a new heart that can learn his ways. In Jeremiah 31, 33, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. So God will give us a heart to know his ways. And then in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. 
the new has come. So on our own, our hearts would lead us in the wrong direction, but we are not left on our own. God gives us new hearts, hearts that are able to learn wisdom from God. So if God has given our hearts this capacity to learn from Him, what should we do? Should we just trust our hearts? No. Again, our hearts are to trust in God's ways, not in our own ways. So it's at this moment that maybe you just want to right now speak to your heart and say, Heart, listen to God. Don't, don't just do whatever you want, heart. Listen to God and learn His ways. Today we're going to look at one of the most famous passages in Proverbs with perhaps the most famous verses in Proverbs in them. Let me read Proverbs 3, 1 through 6. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So I have two points about wisdom in our heart today. Both of them have to do with how our hearts should seek wisdom from God. My first point is that our hearts are to embrace God's truth. This is from verses 1 through 4. Our hearts should embrace God's truth. The way that Proverbs 1 through 9 is set up, it's kind of the introduction to the book of Proverbs. It's godly advice from a father. So the father has learned wisdom from God, and then the father passes that wisdom on to the son, and to us as well, because we get to read it. So in verse 1, the advice, this godly advice, is do not forget my teaching. So it's the teaching that's from God. It is not to be forgotten but the commands are to be kept in our hearts. Very similar to verse 3, in which we're told that love and faithfulness are not to leave us, but we are to bind them around our neck and write them on the tablet of our hearts. So on the one hand, we have commands not to do something, not to forget God's teaching, not to let love and faithfulness leave. Have you ever noticed how easy it can be to forget God's teaching? I mean, maybe you, you spent a good long time reading the Bible in the morning, and then you went out and did something that you know you shouldn't do, and you're like, why did I do that? I just met with God. Well, the reason is, is because we, we don't just walk with God in that one time a day when we read His Word. We are to, to write His, His words on our hearts. Like that famous verse in Psalm 119.11, we can hide God's Word in our hearts. You see, our enemy, the devil, would love for us to get so concerned with the things about our day that we forget about God's ways. So don't forget what God says. Don't let his love or his faithfulness leave you. God is perfectly faithful. God is all-loving. We, we are to let his love and his faithfulness stick with us throughout our day. And when we wander from that, it's not going to go well. So, the, the first part there is that we're not to forget and we're not to let love and faithfulness leave. But in typical Proverbs fashion, a negative command is often followed up by a positive command. Have you noticed that as you're reading through the book of Proverbs? And by the way, each individual verse, or sometimes a, a set of verses, can be called a proverb in and of themselves. So when I say, what's your favorite proverb, you might share with me one verse or, or three verses. Um, but oftentimes in each individual proverb, there will be a contrast. And that's what we have here. We are not to forget God's teachings, but we are to keep God's commands in our heart. We are not to let love and faithfulness leave. We are to bind them around our neck or write them on the tablet of our heart. So this isn't just a cross necklace that we wear, hoping that that necklace is somehow going to get us through our day. 
No, this is something much deeper. This is something that goes on in our heart. Keep God's commands in our heart. Now, that word keep is maybe a stronger word than you might think. Uh, there are lots of things that I keep in my house that I never use. Okay, am I, and am I the only one here, or is, do I have anybody with me on that one? Anybody's spouse? Like, no, don't, don't answer that one. The word keep here means to guard. There's to be a, a vigilance about this. And in that sense, our hearts are like a security system. I, I read that from some theologian this week. He said our hearts are like a security system. When we receive Jesus Christ, we also receive the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit lives in us, if our hearts start to go the wrong direction, what's the Holy Spirit going to do? He's going to prompt us. He's going to tell us. He's going to convict us. And what, so that's like an alarm system going off inside of our heart. What do we do? Do we listen to our hearts? No. We listen to the Holy Spirit teaching our hearts. That, that's maybe the, one of the big things I want you to get from today. Is we don't just listen to our heart. We listen to what God says to our heart. And if you're going the wrong direction, we need to be warned. So what do we do? We keep God's commands in our heart. We write them on the tablet of our heart. And no, kids, this is not an electronic device that you put in your heart. This is a, a you write it, uh, metaphorically speaking, on your heart. So has your heart been cherishing God's word? It's in God's word that we're going to learn his commands, that we're going to learn his ways. It means that we should regularly be spending time before an open Bible but not just opening the Bible, not just looking at the words on the page, but opening our hearts humbly before God and saying, God, what would you have for me here? That's how we take in God's word. That's how we begin that process of keeping his commands in our heart and writing them on the tablet of our heart. It doesn't even just mean memorizing scripture. It means living according to it as well. Last week I shared with you my definition of wisdom. It's knowing how to live life rightly and then actually living that way. So there's two parts to this. There's the knowing that goes on, and that's how we take God's word in. And then there's the living it out, and we have to do that as we stay close to God. In the power of the Holy Spirit, we listen to what God says to us. We follow how he leads us. And we need to be vigilant about it. We're going to sing a song today in which we ask God to bind our wandering hearts to him. Our hearts, There's a, a, a line in there, prone to wander... Lord, I feel it. Then we ask him to bind our hearts to him. Our hearts are constantly tempted to go astray. The corrective in this is God's wisdom. So, do you let God's wisdom overrule your thinking? That's, that's the mark of somebody who's walking with God. Somebody who says, God, it doesn't have to be my way. It's your way. That's, that's the way to go. It's easy to go through life just doing what we want. But true wisdom listens humbly to God and goes in the way he leads us. And the heart that keeps listening to God and keeps on obeying him is going to be the heart that stays close to God. Jesus said in John 15, 10-11, If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I don't think that the world would link together obedience with love and joy. But Jesus did that. See, if you want to stay close to God, you should obey him. Get to know his word and follow him. And as we do that, look at what Jesus said. If we obey him, we'll remain in his love. And if we do that, then we will have joy. And what kind of joy? Look at the last word there. Complete. Anybody want complete joy? 
Please know that you get that as you submit your heart to God and learn wisdom from Him and walk in His ways. So, application. Is your heart joyfully seeking wisdom from God? Joyfully. This, I'm not just asking you, did you have your quiet time yesterday? I'm asking you, is your heart eagerly seeking God and listening to Him, knowing that in Him you will find life? And if not, please make a commitment right now. There might be some of you right now that are saying, you know what, that is not where my heart has been. I recognize that something has been not going right in my heart. I have not been joyfully seeking wisdom from God. And I just want to urge you, if that's you right now, just make a commitment right now before God that you're going to seek His ways, that you're going to humble yourself before Him, get to know His ways, and then live according to His ways. It's so important that we would live by God's wisdom and not just by whatever our hearts would tell us. Okay, let me say a couple quick things then about verse 2 and verse 4 before we move on to our next point. In verse 2, it talks about receiving long life and getting prosperity. And then in verse 4, it talks about winning favor and a good name. Some people take verses like this out of context and have built up what we call the prosperity gospel. It is a false message about the, the wealth that we can get. There, there are some people in this world, maybe you've heard them uh, on TV, all you have to do is send in some seed money and then God will bless you with wealth. Now, what's wrong with the prosperity gospel? I think what's wrong is that it, it puts our desires for wealth first, before God. It, you know, talk to the Apostle Paul about the prosperity gospel. He's the guy that says, I know what it is to have plenty, and I know what it is to be in want, yet I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, sometimes God allows us to go through a season of need, and he does so in his wisdom. We might think if we're going through a season of need, it's because God is not blessing us. It could very well be that God is blessing you by allowing you to go through that season. So the prosperity gospel gets it backwards. It starts with us and our desire for wealth, and it uses God as the means to get that. And I hate that. We don't use God for our means. We submit our lives to God, and we joyfully accept whatever it is that he, gets, what he, that he gives to us. So yeah, there's prosperity here, but you know what? That prosperity in verse 2 is actually the Hebrew word shalom, which means peace. So you know what? God is going to give us peace, along with love and joy and faithfulness and goodness. All those good things he's going to give to us as we walk with him. And then Proverbs, like it says in verse 4, if we're going to live wise lives, we may very well win favor and a good name, just like Jesus grew in wisdom and favor with God and with man. So there's some practical knowledge in here. And yeah, your life might turn out better if you accept it. But it's going to be a gift from God. And whatever gift God gives to us, we rejoice in. Even if that's not wealth. So we start with God and we rejoice in whatever he gives to us. Okay, that's, uh, I'll get off my soapbox now and uh, go to point number two. Our hearts are to choose God's ways. So very similar to point number one, but here we're looking at verses five through six. Our hearts are to choose God's ways. Now verses five through six would probably make my top ten list if I were to list out my favorite verses or passages. Um, I can't say that for sure because, I, like I said before, I have like a hundred verses in my top ten, but I, these verses might very well make it to my top ten. Verse five has an amazingly important contrast. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Again, it's our way versus God's way. 
I've mentioned some old songs today. Perhaps I should mention another one here. Led Zeppelin was actually right to say there are two paths you can go by. And they were even right when they added after that. Uh, what did they say? But in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. So I want to encourage you with something today. There are two paths in life. There's God's path and there's any other path. And if you're finding yourself today on the wrong path, there is time to repent. There is time to say, I'm sorry, God, for taking that path of my own choosing. I want to go your way. So how do we do that? How do we go God's way? Well, let's go not to Led Zeppelin, but let's go to the Bible. Let's go to our passage today. In verse 5, it starts out by saying, Trust in the Lord. And for God to be our Lord means not only that he is God, but also that he is our master. He is the one who is rightly in charge of our lives. You see, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, it was supposed to be a complete giving over of our lives to him. We were supposed to recognize that we had been going our own way and that the right way for us was to to repent, to get off that path, and to give our lives 100% to Jesus, to say, wherever you lead me, I will follow. That's the way it was supposed to go. Now, I say supposed to for a couple of reasons. Number one, because we all struggle with it. Even for those of us who have given our lives to Jesus, we struggle to actually live that way and praise the Lord, there is mercy for that. That, That's why, again, we ask God to bind our wandering hearts to him. But another reason I say that is because there has been a version of Christianity out there um, in which it simply says that Jesus is the Savior, that that he forgives you for all of your sins. And and you, you think if... If anybody knew what was on the line and said, it's either you have forgiveness of your sins or you don't, everybody would want to say, well, sure, I want forgiveness of my sins. But Jesus is not only our Savior. Praise the Lord, he is our Savior. He is also our Lord, our Master. So we are supposed to give our lives to him. And if you didn't know that, now you know. And if we've given our lives to him, what does that mean? That we trust in him fully and we lean not on our own understanding. We don't just simply go in life whatever direction we want to go. We listen to God and his ways. So we are to trust in the Lord. Let's look at that. Trust, faith, believe. It's a majorly important theme in the Bible. And for years I I tried to think of illustrations. What's the best illustration I can come up with to tell you what faith means? And there's all sorts of illustrations out there. You know what I think one of the best ones is? Because it's, it's the one that the New Testament so often goes back to. It's the story of Abraham. Remember Abraham? in the Old Testament. For 75 years, he lived his own life. He lived with his family. I'm guessing he had lots of stuff figured out about his profession, about his hopes and dreams for life. He's going about his normal life, and one day God says to him, go. And remember what God said to him? He didn't even tell him where to go. He didn't even show him where to go. He just said, go to the land. I will show you. Abraham had a decision to make that day. Either I I stick with my life as I know it, I kind of figured stuff out, I kind of like it here, it's safe, it's comfortable, I have a family, my extended family. You can make a pro-con list, and and, uh, the cons could get pretty big. I I don't want to leave. It's nice here, I like it here, I know it here. But there's only one thing that needs to show up on the pro side of that list. God said go. Thankfully, God said go, and Abraham went. And that's the picture of faith. That, that, I would say, is one of the best illustrations of faith you could ever get. God said go, and Abraham went. Genesis 12, 1 through 4. And we know that it worked out well for Abraham. He lived in God's blessing for the rest of his life. Because God is the God who blesses us when we follow him. 
Now for us, according to Proverbs 3.5, we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. Our own understanding would be life the way that we figure it should go. And, and guess what? We all do this, right? Every single one of us does this. We think about the kind of home we want, the kind of family we want, the kind of job we want, the kind of stuff we want to do in our free time. We all spend a lot of our time thinking about that stuff. And I don't, I'm not saying it's always wrong to think about that stuff. What's wrong would be just to pursue that stuff without submitting it to God. So what do we do? We trust in the Lord with all our heart. We don't lean on our own understanding. That word lean means support. And the idea here is that we look to God to be our support and we joyfully, again, receive whatever comes our way from Him. We're to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Not just in some ways. It says in verse 6, that in, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Now, this one... This translation frustrates me. Almost all of the major translations of the Bible use the word acknowledge in that verse, but it's not the word acknowledge, it's just simply the word know. So I give you permission in your Bible. I almost, you know, you know me, I almost never write in my Bible. I give you permission to li- put a little note in there, in there to alert you to the fact that this word just simply means know, that we are to know God in all of our ways. This is Christianity 101, that we know him. We submit to him in everything we do. Yet this message is also so advanced that I challenge you to spend the rest of your life to figure out what it means to know God in all of your ways, in all we do. The theologian Derek Kidner says of this word know that it is not only the idea of acknowledging, but the much richer content of being aware of and having fellowship with God. I often talk here about the blessing of God with us. Let's think about that in regard to our passage today. God wants us to do life with him. And and in this relationship with God, we are not equal partners with him. God has never once come to me and said, Eric, I'm not quite sure what to do here. What's your opinion? In all our ways, we are to know him. We are to get to know him. We are to submit to him. When our hearts would lead us in a different direction, we are to submit our hearts to God and learn wisdom from him and go his way. And it's not just in some of our ways. We are to know him in all of our ways. And all means all, all the time, right? That's a, that's a Pastor Joshism right there. All means all, all the time. We know him in all our ways, in every single thing we do. It's so easy to go through our life just doing what we want. There's a, a translation of the Bible. It says in uh, that phrase, lean not on your own understanding. They translate it, don't try to figure out everything on your own. Now, God gave us brains. Yes, we can, we can learn stuff. But even still, we are not to lean on our own understanding. We are to trust in the Lord with all our heart. God wants us to know him and to submit to him. There are two paths. So we need to keep hearing from God as we seek to follow him on the path that he has for us. So the application question here, who do you live for, yourself or God? There's two paths. Pick one right now. Your path. God's path. There's only one wise answer to that. You know what it is. Yeah. We're to think about how we can glorify God in every single part of our lives. Again, emphasizing the all part of that, in all your ways. In Colossians 3.17, it says that whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever you do, whatever you think, whatever you say, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it all giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
That means at home, at school, at work, with your family, with your friends, in your free time. Every single part of your life is to be submitted to God. Now this takes a lifetime of wisdom seeking. And again, that's why we're doing this sermon series in Proverbs, is to learn wisdom from God. Not just to know stuff, but to live it out too. And this leads me to my conclusion today. Our hearts need wisdom, instruction, reminders, and reshaping. Four things there. Wisdom, instruction, reminders, and reshaping. God didn't just download everything that we need to know in our hearts when we were born. That's why the singers have it wrong. Don't just listen to your heart. God didn't give us everything we need to know. Just download it into our heart. We need to learn it from Him. We need to seek Him. God has given us a book full of His wisdom. That's where we get His instruction. So those first two there, wisdom and instruction, they work together. We seek God. We humble ourselves before Him and His Word. We keep learning from Him. We put ourselves around other people who are seeking wisdom from God. And we learn instruction from them as well. And as we keep seeking God and His wisdom and instruction, we need reminders. Because again, our hearts are prone to wander. Uh, left to ourselves, we would go in the wrong direction. So we continue to need those reminders from God, which is another great reason why we put ourselves in fellowship with other believers. Oftentimes, if you stray, it's going to be God's people who, who tell you about it. I've heard stories of people who strayed, and God's people kept calling them, and they didn't want to answer the phone. And finally they did. And they learned wisdom from God as they listened to God's people. We learn wisdom from God as we learn His reminders and His Word. Our hearts need that. And then we need reshaping. And here's one of the beautiful things that I want you to see today. We, we came into this world, like it said in Ezekiel 36, with a heart of stone. But God changes that and gives us a heart of flesh, a heart that's able to hear from God. And God is continuing to do his masterful work of reshaping us. Did you know that his goal is to make us more and more like his son, Jesus Christ? He is reshaping us into his image. So as we learn this wisdom and instruction from God, as we continually allow our hearts to be reminded, God reshapes our heart. And sometimes, like it says in Proverbs 17.3 and in 1 Peter 1, it's a refining fire. We, we sang that song already today. And sometimes that refining fire feels very uncomfortable. But for those of us who have been trained by it, we know that it leads to a harvest of righteousness and peace. That's why we are to know the Lord in all our ways. That's why we don't lean on our understanding. We are to trust in the Lord with all our heart. And here's where you just need to be honest with yourself. Say, which path are you on? You on God's path or on your path of your own choosing? Or another way we could ask that question is, even if you're on God's path, how often do you stray from it? How can you continue to submit your heart to God so that you will hear from Him His wisdom, His correction, His rebuke, His reshaping? God will do a wonderful work in your heart if you will allow Him. The theologian Raymond Ortland said, if you will let Jesus rule as Lord over the whole of your life, he will so enter into your story and so make straight your paths that all things will work together for your good. Will you trust him with all your heart? He's right. We know him in all our ways. We trust, like it says in Romans 8.28, that God is at work for good for those who love him. Will you trust him with all your heart? God gave us hearts not just so that we could have emotions, 
Not even just so that we could learn things, learn wisdom from God. That's a big part of it, is learning that wisdom. But even more so, God wants us to know Him. That is true wisdom. That we would know Him in all of our ways. And as we walk in wisdom with God, submitting our hearts to God, He reshapes us and makes us more like Jesus. And that is a beautiful thing. That is a life worth living. You think about the end result of of your way. What is it? Well, the Bible tells us it's death. What's the end result of going on God's way? It's glory. It's Christ-likeness. It's eternity with God. So don't just listen to your heart. Tell your heart to trust in God. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for how you lead us. We come before you again and recognize that you are the all-wise one. And we thank you that, that you love us so much that you want to lead us in your wisdom. So God, I pray that we would be people who do not lean on our own understanding, but that we would trust in you with all our heart, that we would know you in all our ways, that we would not forget your teaching, but that we would keep your commands, that we would not let love and faithfulness leave us, but that we would bind them around our neck and write them on the tablets of our heart. God, we praise you for what you will do to make our paths straight. We pray that you would do that in us as we humbly submit our hearts to you. So God, we do that right now. We submit our hearts to you. It's your way, God, not our way. Would you continue to teach us wisdom and lead us in the right way? For your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.